Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast. Ifa Nation. I am your host, Kellen Conley. How's everybody doing today? It's a beautiful, still cold day here in Morgantown. It's 43 degrees. That's your weather update for all of those of you listening for that very moment. Spring has sprung. Should be getting some warm temps again. Uh, keeps going up and down, but it is what it is. Doing okay. I'm in a good place right now. Creative juices are flowing. Uh, so I can't really be too mad. And, uh, you know, just trying to get back on track to where I'm supposed to be at for, uh, the episode count so far this year. I did drop two episodes last week. Episode 87 was just your standard hyphenation episode. It was longer than I wanted it to be. I had a whole bunch of segments. By the time I put it together, it was like almost two hours. I was like, dang, like maybe I should have held on to one of those. But they're old anyway, so I was, I was, uh, I kept saying that in the pod. Uh, so episode 87, The Thin Line of Hyphenation is available now. And also episode 88, The War to Settle the Score, co-starring Mike the Buzzsaw Osti and George the Howitzer Gerbo is also available. We talked a whole lot of WrestleMania last week. It'll get you ready for the show of shows this weekend if you're interested in that. Um, in case anybody listened to the episode, it was like, dang, like Osti's like dominating the conversation. I mean, that that's just what Osti does. In, in case you're not familiar with his prior work. He uh he is a sports broadcaster and, and Osti is a he he's a conversationalist but at the same time he it is just his nature to dominate uh whenever he is uh on the airwaves. So his co-host George has a little bit better rapport with him because I mean they do it they're Howitzer and Buzzsaw show all the time and they've been doing it for years. So with me, you know. I it, it kind of turned into me being a guest on my own podcast a little bit, but Osti is so good at what he does. I, I kept the conversation moving. I made sure Gerber, Gerber, uh, Gerbo got his shots. So I'm not too mad at how it turned out. I had a lot of fun. Uh, we had a lot of fun. And uh, check another one off of the list of uh, guests I wanted to get. Uh, plus one, because I got Gerbo too. And hopefully, Gerbo and I was talking, I don't know if we said it on the pod or after the pod, but uh, he uh, may be appearing on in the Endgame podcast, because he mentioned um, mentioned going to see it. So once uh, me and Marcus get our druthers together and get ready to sit down and do the Endgame pod once I see it, because I know Marcus is going like ASAP, Depending on what the schedule is, what the funds look like, 
I may be going as soon as possible too. Hopefully, hopefully opening weekend no later. And maybe I'll have Gerbo in here, me and Marcus, so we can chop up uh, the conclusion of the um, Avengers. Is it quadrility? Quadrility. Quadrilla. Qu quadrilla. What is the word for four movies? Because trilogy is three. Quadri quadrilly? Quad quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. That's what I'm trying to say. Sheesh. So hopefully we'll have Gerbo want to do that. Lining up guests for future episodes. Things are moving. Can't complain. Before we go any further, though, Hyphen Nation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, bringing great podcasts to the people. HyphenPodcastGroup.com. Also brought to you by the Mark Rob, the T H E M E R C R O B dot WordPress dot com, written by my semi-regular co-host Marcus Sean Madlove Robinson. He's back and better than ever, as Mike and Mike used to say. I don't know if uh, Mike and uh, Wingo say that shit. I, 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 to be honest, I ain't watched Mike and Wingo uh, since they got together and uh, Green Greeny went to go do Get Up. Is Get Up still a thing? Shout out to Beetle and uh, and Jalen and, and Greeny, man. I, I checked out a little bit of that. But I, I'm just not into sports like that anymore, man. It's, it's crazy. I, I've watched literally about 10 minutes of March Madness. I've mentioned that before. I, I watched a little of the Elite, games, the Elite 8 games on Sunday with my mother-in-law. Um, she was cheering for... Auburn to beat Kentucky, which they did, and she was cheering for Michigan State to beat Duke, beat Duke which they did. I was cleaning, so I, I missed the whole Duke-Michigan State game. One minute was on, and next minute, Duke had lost, so eh, it happens. Take that, Duke. Take that, take that, take that. Shout out to Diddy. Uh, Hyphen Nation is also unofficially brought to you by Radio Public, my favorite podcasting app. For those cool Android users like myself... You know, when you see one of those iTunes links on social media um, for podcasts, you're like, I want to check out this podcast. But, you know, you have to go, you have to hope that the podcast is already on a podcast app that you listen to, like Google Play or Google Play Music or uh, Google Podcast or Stitcher or any of the podcast apps you use. And you're like, oh, I got to see if it's on there. If you just click that iTunes link and you got Radio Public, it will automatically load the podcast in the Radio Public and you can listen to it right then and there. No need for searching. It's awesome. And for you iTunes, for you uh, iTunes slash Apple slash iPhone, which is the word I really originally wanted to use, for you iPhone people, if you wanted to uh, get down with the Radio Public team and you're tired of the Apple Podcast app, which I don't know why you would be. The Apple Podcast app is is perfect. I, I really enjoy it. But if you want to try something different, give Radio Public a shot. It's also available on iOS. So yeah. Also, my my apologies, but um, I was just listening to High Black Man podcast with Miles Amadeus Prower, and he said that his daughter had a YouTube channel, and I was going to plug it here. But he said that at the beginning of the episode, and this is actually one of the longer episodes of Black Man Podcast, and I forgot exactly what it is. It was like Apple 
it was like Apple Drawing, or I, I may be messing it up. And I'm sorry, Maps. I'm going to get that for y'all. Throw it in the show notes, at least. So uh, check out um, his uh, daughter's YouTube channel. And uh, be kind. Give her some words of encouragement. Don't be a creep. Or a handsome Bane, as uh, Maps kept saying this episode, will come and find you. Along with me and Maps, you know. So you got the good, the bad, which is Maps, and then the ugly, which is me. So <laughs> there's that. So, uh, let's go ahead and slide into these topics, man. So, probably about a month and a half ago, I got some random, and I do mean random, message out of nowhere. Way, 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 way back in 2017. Let's see if I can find this bad boy. It was, I believe it was a Stranger Things episode. Um, yeah, I'm thinking it was either, I think it was, I can't find it now. I'll have to look at my YouTube. Anyway. There was an episode that I I recorded a while back. And once I see the cover of it on YouTube, I'll tell you exactly what it is. And on this episode, um, what had happened was... It's actually episode 43. I'm just going to say it. On this episode, I was talking about my college radio station. The station that gave me my radio identity and essentially helped me be right here with y'all doing this podcast right now talked about 91.7 fm u92 wwvu fm was with them for many years between doing regular rotation and being program director and urban donner director and an urban donner dj made many friends over the years at the time there was a little bit of a thing going on where the station director was being accused of sexual harassment by the employees who were also students of WVU. And I, I got as many facts as I could from what was going on. And I... um. Got got on the podcast and kind of aired aired out the guy because not only was he the station director but he was also my friend and essentially I I tore him down for whatever was going on I accused him of of having a sketchy past and saying inappropriate things that in hindsight as someone who feels like is a champion of of women's uh, rights and and that women should be treated way better. Not that women need a champion. <laughs> I I went in and I was just like, look, there were there were situations I saw that I let slide, and Lord knows I'm guilty of, of doing creepy shit in my years uh, over the years in my twenties and everything. And I said, I, I pretty much said that I, I had a good feeling that he had done something along these lines to get uh, accused of the sexual harassment and the students had the 
uh, students slash DJs had actually organized a walkout of U92 where they were not broadcasting because of uh, the fact that he was still in charge. So there was a whole Title IX investigation into it to try to figure out what was what had gone on. And... Um, what would be done about it essentially long story short it came back that he he wasn't guilty of any wrongdoing he was moved out of the position though they rearranged the power structure U92 and now my friend Alex Wiederspiel is in charge of the station okay so that so that gets you there so I trashed him put it out immediately felt horrible because I knew I went in on him and I was like, I don't know all the facts. It's just me going by my me knowing him and my past experiences with seeing him say certain things or seeing him do certain things. But then at the same time, I also felt I had said that I was guilty of doing weird shit at times, too. I hadn't taken it to quite the level that I felt that he had or obviously he was getting accused of. But I, I, I just felt bad. This episode is sponsored by Get Go Coffee again. Unofficially. I considered editing out the U92 portion of the interview. Of the interview, of the pod. Because I was like, I don't, I mean, this is my friend. He, guilty in, or innocent until proven guilty. You know, he's probably going through a rough time. So I, I actually just decided... I actually just decided to leave it. I was like, I'm just going to let it ride because I stand by what I said. I didn't name names. If you looked into it enough, you would figure out who I was talking about. But at the same time, I was just going to let it go. And whatever came of it, I was going to update y'all. So, Title IX came back and said there was no wrongdoing, essentially. I ended up seeing my friend out at Black Bear in Evansdale. And Black Bear is this wonderful... A burrito place. Uh, there's two locations now. There was one in downtown Morgantown for years. They opened up a second location about six or seven years ago, maybe eight now. And I actually saw him at the second location after I had been eating with Angel and uh, Aaliyah and maybe some of my family. Saw him at the bar having a drink, and this is like right after everything broke. And I just looked at him, and I was like, I mean, my my friend just looked down, man. You know, I was like, shit. Like, let me go over there and talk to him. And I, I don't know, and I, I just, I don't know if he had listened to the pod yet at all, and I, I just told him that, that I understand he's going through a rough time, um, that, you, you know, I, I was trying to be a friend, but yet not try to say, I don't think you did this, I was just trying to be like, look, I know you're going through a rough time, if you need anything, let me know. Even sit down and just talk about things. I'm there. I can do that for you. He's like, oh yeah, thanks, man. So he, we'd had a conversation at some point. Uh, yeah, actually, February 16, 2018. He said the investigation is still ongoing. Once dust settles, your podcast is the first place I'd like to dispel all the assumptions and false allegations made in this mess. Would you be down for that? I said most definitely. So nothing else until March of last year. Comes back with all claims that were made by the complainants 
or ruled as being unsubstantiated and there's no Title IX violation. The result is that the university wants me to resign, wants to reassign me to be the uh, blah, 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 because I don't know if he's still in that position. So I'm not going to say what that was. There will be a press release coming next about the conclusion of the case. I'm not going to going to publicly say anything until then. And I said, you know what? That's great, man. Nothing else for a long time. Because last we spoke, I'm thinking at some point he will reach out to me and be like, hey, um, I want to talk about this now. You know? I'm going to pie because that's where we were at. February. Just listen to your old podcast where you accused me of being a creeper back in the day. Really appreciate appreciate you putting your true thoughts out on, on a podcast. So I'm guessing you never listened to the podcast until recently. Last time we talked at Evansdale Blackberry, I never really knew how upfront you were with your words on your own podcast. So I think he knew I talked about it, but he had not listened. So yeah, obviously he's saying that. You act like you're apologetic, which I was because I felt bad because I just aired them out without knowing all the facts. Yet the words that have been recorded seem to tell a different story. You can't bullshit the microphone. Guess you never really do know what people think about you until the time's convenient to air out your laundry. Which is fair. Because I have called this man a friend for a long time. And then I just, as soon as, soon as there was any kind of dissension against him, especially about sexual harassment, I was like, I was in cancel mode. Which I... I was in cancel mode about Michael Jackson, and I, I, I don't know how I feel at this moment. I, that's a whole different topic. As far as I'm concerned, I'm looking the other way, which means I'm not mad. You knew me then, you knew me during my marriage, and then again, even today, I wonder if you really knew me. So he's, he's saying if we were really friends, like uh, you, would, you would know that this wasn't me. After listening to these words, thoughts, ideas in your podcast, it's hard to believe how many folks have turned to convenience of joining to the herd. Wish you the best future. Hope your family has a lot of success. Bless. So this just comes out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. So I see this. I immediately feel bad. I'm like, oh my God. Because I'm thinking, like, I have recorded an episode ages ago. Something, and I said his name. And, like, really went in. So I said, last we talked, you said we'd be a guest on pod of everything that happened. Once things had got settled, I admit. It's following the herd when I recorded that pod and contemplated taking it down because you were my friend. When you said you would come on, I thought we would be able to have an actual conversation about what had happened. Well, I saw your black hair wasn't too long. Black bear. Black hair. Black bear. I wasn't too, it wasn't too long after the pod and I saw my friend and I immediately regretted my words based on a bunch of conflicting stories from a Facebook group, which is where I was getting my information, which is a United 2 Facebook group. I meant what I said to you because I couldn't imagine what you're going through as your friend. I apologize that my words hurt you again, but I left them because I thought there would be a coming together to discuss things, even if it wasn't on my tiny pod. So even if he had said, let's talk, I don't want to do a pod, that would have been fine too. Like, I'd, I'd like to have a conversation about what the hell happened as your friend, you know? Lord knows I did creepy shit back in the day I'm not proud of, and I even admit as much when I was recording that segment. To be honest, I haven't listened to it since because I feel so torn about it, and I hadn't. Sorry your recent re-listening has made you upset, but I know I was tough on you without knowing all the facts. True, I already admitted that. Appreciate you looking the other way, but I really still like a chance to sit down and talk about uh, what the fuck happened to cause all of this on the pod or not. Then he said, I'll admit I was a upset after re-listening to the podcast. Thank you for responding. And that's the last we talked. So your boy was mad. I didn't like that. Granted, he hadn't heard it. But 
the fact that he knew of the pod before we had the conversation in Black Bear, and then we had discussed talking about it, and he was updating me on things, and then he comes at me like, can't believe you fucking said that, essentially, you know? So, I went back and Leary listened to it. I had to listen. I was like, all right, I got to see if I actually, like, said a name, was wrong about it. And honestly, in my biased opinion, I was pretty clean about that shit. Yeah, I said he was a creeper. And yeah, I said that I thought he had done things in the past that made girls uncomfortable. Same as I had done. But I still think I was pretty fair without knowing anything other than what the hearsay was from the Facebook group. Now, granted, if someone was to do this to me where they go on a public forum and air me out, especially about things that aren't true, I'm going to be upset. And I guess, I mean, it could have... He could have wanted he could have wanted to come see me. He could want to have wanted to talk to me. Uh, he could have honestly he could have wanted to fight me over it because I did nothing to hide the fact of who he was other than not saying his name, which isn't fair. From a journalistic journalistic perspective, I can't. I fought myself there, but I was in my feelings about it because I was reading everything that people were saying and I was believing it. So I wasn't fair in the moment. I could have done it better where I was more down the line, you know, instead of being like, rah, rah, like, I can't believe you did this. Yeah, yeah, this is typical behavior for you. And I also see where he thinks that I, that I didn't really know him if I believed he could do this. I mean, I, you can't put, uh, Marcus has said this, you can't put anything past anybody anymore, man. You tell me five years ago, let's see, two, I've been 14. Let's, let's put a, you tell me seven years ago that Bill Cosby would be in prison right now for drugging women <laughs> and raping them or doing weird sexual stuff to them. I laughed you out the building. You tell me that there would be a documentary about the King of Pop and these two guys coming about the sexual abuse and like being in detail and telling their true stories about what happened. You tell me that that's going to come out and change my opinion on how I feel about Michael Jackson despite there being years and years of, um, of unproven evidence that Michael touched kids. And now I would believe it. You tell me on 2012, I'm going to laugh you out the building. Mike had only been dead for three years. I was still in my mic bag. You tell me that Louis C.K. is going gonna, gonna to come out that he was jerking off in front of female comedians all the time without permission and doing it in front of some of the bigger names. Like, I feel like Sarah Silverman and, and uh, Whitney Cummings, he did that shit in front of them and they just never came out and said it. I'm going to laugh you out the building. It's a different time, man. So I was mad when it happened. I'm glad I got to chill a little bit on it and kind of come come at it from a calmer perspective. But I, I, I see his point. I don't regret my words. I regret how I did it. 
So I, I apologize to him for that and for making it so obvious who it was. I mean, even if I had said U92 and people looked into it, they would have eventually gotten to his name. I could have been more objective about it. But hyphenation is about things that matter to me in the moment. And that mattered to me in the moment. And I do not regret for one second talking about that. Let's take a break. The following has been filtered to remove all ego to provide the best quality material for listeners. Thank you. On behalf of the Hyphen Podcast Group. My name is Miles Amadeus Prower. I have what I believe is a pretty cool podcast that you probably never heard of. I Black Man Podcast is a view of a white world, seen with the aid of a black light and a little humor to help you cope. So check out the I Black Man Podcast on iTunes and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Next topic. Helps when I'm actually in reverse. <sighs> so, on Sunday, Nipsey Hussle passed away. No, no, no. He wasn't. He did not pass away. Let me clear my throat. Nipsey Hussle was murdered in front of the, a store he owned in, I believe it was in Crenshaw. <sighs> uh... I'll be honest, just like Maps had to do when I black man, I have not been a Nipsey Hussle fan like that. I remember checking him out when he came out, like circa when he was on the XXL Freshman issue. Remember checking out some of his stuff, but for me, I already had the game, so he didn't really offer a ton that I felt like I needed musically, you know? I just didn't didn't make sense to me to really mess with him. Not taking anything away from him, but I mean, Snoop was still doing his thing. I was a big fan of the game. And there was nothing that Nipsey was bringing out. I was like, man, I got to check for Nipsey. From that time, up until his death, Nipsey has been doing the most... And I mean that in a good way. He just released his first album last year, Victory App, Victory App, Victory Lap. And that's after many mixtapes and I'm guessing EPs and he just never put out the full album until last year. But he had been grinding, man. And he had built up quite the following um, for the West Coast and just worldwide. Like, people like Nipsey. And the thing... I actually, the thing that actually made me notice Nipsey was, uh, it was probably about a month or so ago, actually it was before the Grammys, they had that party, like that black Grammy party kind of thing, and it was like Hove was there, and Meek was there, and Drake was on his European tour, but he was not there, um, Diddy, Kevin Hart, all these huge black artists and actors were coming together for this party and it was all over IG of uh, all these uh, black um, what's the word I'm looking for movers and shakers that's not the word I'm looking for but it'll work just getting together and building and having a good time and I noticed out of anyone I noticed Nipsey Hussle over there 
And I was like, yo, Nip, Nip is running with Hove and in these circles? Like, how? I didn't realize that Nip was literally about his hustle in that way. And I'm not kidding. You may have re recalled that when he put out Crenshaw a few years ago, it wasn't an album, I thought it was. He didn't put it out for free. He literally was making copies, $100 a copy, because he believed in himself and his product that much. That might be shortchanging the whole idea of why they did Crenshaw that way. But Hove heard this, Jay-Z, and Hove bought, I think he said 10 copies or 20 copies or something of this $100 project and put it back into Nipsey's hand because Nipsey essentially was the was the distributor and the record label of Crenshaw. And he sold a decent amount of these $100 albums. I heard it initially, I was like, oh, that's crazy. Why would Nipsey put out an album for $100? Like, nobody is going to pay $100 for a Nipsey Hustle album. Nobody pays whatever amount for a normal album these days. They just bootleg it, you know? So I was very confused as to um, who Nipsey had become. And I, I kind of, I kind of found out some things. I found out how much Nipsey was giving back to his community, how much um, he had been working on becoming not just a, a famous rapper, so to speak. He had become a black entrepreneur and was literally taking his craft and had made it into something more than just albums and mixtapes, you know, and, and songs and singles like it was Nipsey became bigger than the music itself what he was doing became more important and I did not realize that now I fully blame my ignorance on who Nipsey had become due to the fact that I don't listen to new music I don't keep up with it like I used to I check for very few people and that's it. That's just how it is. That's a personal choice that I chose to make. Um, but I, I am out of touch. I am. Um, you know, like Marcus or EG who mentioned a, a certain artist or something. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll check it out. Like I actually got something on my iPod that Marcus recommended to me. I couldn't tell you his name, but it's on there. I'm going to check it out, you know. But I blame myself for not knowing what was up with Nipsey's career and I don't I feel bad because he's dead you know what I'm saying if what happened Sunday if he hadn't been murdered on Sunday I wouldn't be thinking about Nipsey Hustle at all Nipsey Hustle wouldn't even be coming up on the podcast let's just be 100% honest but I feel bad that I wasn't aware more of not only the things that he was doing in his community and the way he was building his business businesses and and his music I, I just feel bad that I, I didn't have a clue I, I was just clueless you know and now he, he was tragically murdered thankfully police believe they have him in custody but 
I mean, when the LAPD comes out in a press conference and says, I couldn't believe, like, I forget, I don't know what the officer's name was, but he was like, I couldn't believe when I saw the name that it was Nipsey Hussle. Like, I was in shock. Even the cops respected Nipsey, and that's just wild, man. From everything that people have been through with, with police violence, especially in California, that's just wild that an officer is not only that he's he's more essentially um he's mourning not just a, a a random person who was had his life taken away he's mourning the per who what that person is and what that person did for the community which is just insane now to be fair I when I found about Nipsey I was doing my thing as I do on Twitter just looking at different things and you know seeing what people were saying and I saw stuff about the LGBT not the L, the LBGT what is it the LG LGTB is it LGTB oh my god the LGTB I'm saying it wrong I gotta look because I was messaging somebody about it earlier and I was trying to explain that this was this has happened the LGTB yeah sorry uh, I saw some tweets and stuff about them not caring about Nipsey dying and stuff and I was like well, why wouldn't like like why is this a thing and I guess sometime last year and this is the only source of this I can find I, like I said I'm not familiar with his music I know a lot of rappers over the years have called other rappers gay and thrown around the F word in their raps like it was nothing um, but I didn't know if there was something recent that he had like he had come out and it was just like I don't like gay people I don't know but apparently there was this IG post where he said something about just just something that was anti-gay essentially anti-homosexual and so he got a lot of backlash for it and I don't know if he ever responded to it but I essentially called it this morning when I was explaining it. I was like it's essentially uneducated homophobia because just whatever the post said it, it seemed like it was coming from a very it was coming from a, a, a thought out place but not a place that has been educated as far as what uh, I, don't, I don't know the, the LGTB lifestyle is you know like what it is now maybe Nipsey's just one of those dudes like I don't care they're gay I don't fuck with them you know and that's fucked up but I don't know but I don't want to leave that out of the narrative it had nothing to do with his death but that was out there that could have been just misconstrued and again I'm not fact checking to see if Nipsey ever backpedaled or anything or you know but to be completely honest with you man Nipsey just seems like he had his, sh his shit together I don't know if he was married to Lauren London I know he had kids with Lauren London google her and be impressed for a minute but uh for all intents and purposes I missed out on a real one while he was alive 
And now the world is without a real one because of senseless murder. And there's that rumor that had something to do with Dr. Sebi and that he was going to do a documentary about um, Dr. Sebi and everything. And you can look into that. Supposedly had a cure for AIDS. And I think Left Eye had went to go see him before she died in Honduras. And then he died mysteriously shortly after. <sighs> so, I don't know, man. You can make your own theories, but aside from... Uh, maybe the uneducated homophobia that he may have had. Nipsey seemed like a, a real good dude, and I'm, I'm sorry that I, I'm not aware, wasn't more aware of what he was, his presence, and what he was doing on all fronts. So RIP, man. And uh, actually, whenever I get this next episode of Victory Jump Off Radio put together, I actually, I cheated, but I just went to a list that said 10 best Nipsey Hustle songs. And I went and grabbed those 10 songs. So those will be on the next mix of Victory Jump Off Radio. It's the least I can do. And I do mean the very least. Uh, but yeah, RIP. Next topic. I believe uh, it's kind of a meme right now. Has become a meme. Like that video of Will Smith like standing out in nature. Looks like he's on a bridge or some shit. I ain't never seen the original clip that I remember. He says, let's rewind. So come back with me to the year of 2019, January 4th. On the Ilapal Instagram account. And that's I-L-A underscore P-O-W. Ran by, obviously it's for, it's like a podcast or whatever. If, you, if you're down with the, the hyphen podcast network slash group squad. Handsome Bane, a.k.a. Eric Greenlee. He's been mentioned before on this show. He posted this on his IG. It is absolutely... No, 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 no. He said, it is absolutely comical that things shall be made. Whoop that trick in mere seconds. To make a club joint that would take the world by storm in a pimp sweltering garage. DJ Qualls must have been starving. And then, of course, he has the video clip. And I'm going to insert the clip in here so y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. You know he white, right? Nah, he just light skin. Um, okay. Um, I bet you won't beat that bitch. Whoop that bitch. Got me acting bucking shit. Hoes telling me to calm down, but I'm like, fuck that shit. I'm already on that hypnotic and that great goose. A couple of shots of here that just gave me a nigga. What the fuck wrong, man? You don't like that shit? No, 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 they look. No, I got other shit. No, man. no, look, I, man. I, it's, I it's, 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 it's okay, man. It's just that we want radio play, right? And, and man, you got a song called Beat That Bitch. They might hear that and, and think that's the great. Yeah, but that's if you're calling a woman a bitch. This sounds like a tearing the club up song. Hey man, I ain't trying to call no hoe no bitch. Yeah, I mean, besides, most of the bitches I know are guys. Hey, look, man, y- y'all preaching to the choir, all right? If you were to say something different other than beat that bitch, what would you say? Huh? Shit. Stuff like, um, stomp that hoe. Uh, who gonna play that? Fuck, um, uh, shit, whoop that trick. No, 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 go, go, go back. What? Whoop that trick. That's it. 
Like like what? Like a, like, like like a chant, man. Whoop that trick. Whoop that trick. Get him. 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 Whoop that trick. Oh shit. Get him. Whoop that trick. 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 Boom boom. Shell find it, man, find it. Speed it up, speed it up. There you go. Uh-huh, I like that clap. smoke that joint so in case you have no idea what I'm talking about this is from 2005's hustle and flow and uh, man I, I can I can tell you right now I think it was 2005 I'm not looking and hustle and flow was about a Memphis pimp played by Terrence Howard um who used to deal weed along with his pimping business. He had like three hoes. And he would go to this bar ran by um, the one, the only, Isaac Hayes. And Isaac Hayes said, oh man, Skinny Black is going to be coming in for Fourth of July. And, and, and I know you used to mess around with music and stuff. You need to, you need to, uh, you need to, uh, make some music again DJ like apparently DJ had a past making some music but he's like you need to make some music DJ you need to get it to him man skinny could be your way out of out of Memphis you know 
And so, uh, you know, uh, DJ, that's a Terrence, Terrence Howard's character, mauls it over. And that's D-J-A-Y. Don't mess it up. He, uh, he, he talks it over with, um, wait, it, it kind of mulls it over and decides, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this. So he, um, he realizes, he, he starts writing stuff, I believe, starts writing raps again. Realizes he's going to need a producer on a, on a lark, runs into an old high school friend who he knows used to DJ or something, just something involving music. But they get to talking about things and he says that, um, Skinny Black's coming in for 4th of July and and he's playing on giving him, he wants to give him a demo tape. And then he lies to, uh, lies to my, um, to my man, uh, uh, I can see his face, I just look at his face a whole bunch of times. The character's name in the movie, his name is Key in the movie, but, uh, man, why can't, he's on Blackish, man. You know exactly who I'm talking about. And this topic, by the way, is called uh, Shelby Key and DJ Make Magic. But he, he's talking to the producer, and the producer's like, he's like, oh, man, do you know uh, you know Skinny Black? He's like, yeah, me and Skinny go way back, you know. Uh, it'd be good to see him again. Anthony Anderson. Duh. be good to see him again. And uh, I'm going to slam this demo. So, uh, so they... they rekindle their friendship. I don't even know if they're real friends in high school. They're more like they knew each other because they were in high school together or something. He graduated like they were. I, I'm not going to semantics. The main thing is that they knew each other from high school. <laughs> so they start messing around a little bit and DJ got all these raps. And so what he does is he starts uh, spending less time away from his uh, his family. His uh, wife is uh, played by the lovely Elise Neal. And start spending more time with DJ, and they're kind of building that DJ producer rapport. And then uh, Key brings in a guy named Shelby, because um, uh, the thing with uh, Key is uh, he he's really he's not really a producer in a sense. He's more of an engineer. He's a sound guy, so they need beats essentially. So he knows this guy Shelby who plays piano at his church, maybe even an organ at his church, and he's played by DJ Qualls. Um, quick reference in case you don't know who he is just think the new guy that comedy from like the early 2000s where this nerdy kid goes to this new school and like recreates his whole identity it's a pretty funny movie I think it I haven't watched it in years but I always thought it was good uh, so DJ Qualls a skinny white kid walks into DJ's Memphis home uh, townhouse whatever you want to call it projects um, and they're all setting up everything so 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 Shelby's at the Keys Key is engineering, and then, and then uh, DJ's just kind of run, running through, through some raps and everything, and he, he's kind of like, you know, like looking through his stuff and like messing around, and like, and then he's like, Key's like, hey, you want to let's, let's lay something down? And DJ's like, oh, I don't know, man, like, you know, you want to go burn one first, you know? And uh, Shelby's immediately like, oh, we can do that after, you know, because Shelby is a, a white kid, and obviously I already mentioned that. DJ sees Shelby, and he's like, you know he's white, right? And then Key's like, nah, he likes skin. <laughs> but he's white as the day is new. So, <laughs> um, he starts going through these raps, and uh, the, the raps 
um, he's, he's going over it, the hook is, uh, beat that bitch, beat that bitch, something along those lines, and then Key's immediately like, uh, well, you, you, we want radio play, you can't use that, and obviously this is all going to be on the clip, <laughs> but just kind of recreating the scene, and so <laughs> he starts going through more lyrics, I got stomped that hoe, and he's like, no, nobody's going to want to play that, and, uh, whole time Shelby was like listening to the raps and stuff oh that's dope that's dope and stuff but he sees Key's point and then DJ kind of says just uh let me he's flipping through his little notepad he's like oh whoop that trick and he's like go back go back that's what Key says and then uh so he's like whoop that trick he's like yeah like do it like a chant whoop that trick get him whoop that trick and so they start building the hook and now this is where Eric's argument comes in Eric is saying there is no way in hell that these three were able to make this massive club song in seconds in a pimp's, what do you call it, a pimp's sweltering garage, essentially. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, I disagreed. Like, as soon as I saw that, my my first response was, I don't know, man. I've seen Miracles Made Beat-wise. And then Miles Amadeus, uh, Prower climbed in. He's like, shit, Vanilla Ice came up with a whole dance routine on the spot, didn't he? Talking about Secret of the Ooze. Uh, And then even Shop Talk podcast out of Detroit that are friends of, um, that Eric is friends with, uh, those gentlemen. They said, you'd be surprised how long or sure it took to make some of your favorite songs. And then Eric came back with about minute thir- minute, minute 30. Fam, they did the whole concept and taught DJ how to build a song in two minutes. Twice. That's a miracle. Even he was just like, wait, I got I got something I've been working on. And then queued it up. And then I said, I smell a podcast topic. And here we are. So, as DJ is, they're chanting the hook. DJ starts hitting the keys on the keyboard and you get that and then it just kind of it builds from there and then you you get the hook they get the hook going once that beat's going and then dj just unleashes a 16 of fire and then they come back with whoop that trick and and uh taraji p henson character and taryn manning's character uh nola and suge uh, that respectively, they they come in the room and they're and like like oh man this is hot this is this is dope like and, and it is it, the song is super dope now. The question is, would it have been possible for them to make the music that way? Now, Eric's arguing that they taught DJ song structure and everything. I don't think that they did necessarily because if DJ was flipping through his ROMs, I think DJ understood that a standard rap verse was 16 bars. I think he got that. So with that in mind, I'm thinking that his notebook already had a bunch of verses everywhere. I don't know necessarily that he was good at making a hook or a chorus, and that's kind of where the whole Thing with Key saying, oh, chant that right there, whoop that trick, get him, whoop that trick, get him, whoop that trick, get him, whoop, you know, and then, because, I mean, they are coaching them through the session, and they're not recording anything, it, it, it's, this is all just live, like, a jam session, essentially, and so once they get that, that chant going, 
And then Key looks at, at DJ's like, go. And then DJ just lets fly the 16 bars that he's got written down. And I counted them because I was thinking that he did more than 16, but that's just because of the way the beat's structured. Because the beat goes one and two and three and four. One and two and three and four. So, so I was thinking he put more bars in, but it's honestly just because of the way that the count is on the actual beat. So they were, they sat there and just, and just kind of jammed out for the hook, the verse, and the hook. And it's totally possible. Let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Get my shame, my shame from Walking Dead on. Uh, my uh, most recent song that I released, The Ballad of Dusty Rhodes, I wrote that at the Baltimore Aquarium in 2016 as we were walking through there. It was uh, me, Aaliyah, Angel, and Nikki and some of her other friends, I think, were uh, walking through there and everything. And, you know, uh, I, I was bored. You know, I'm not a big zoo aquarium guy. I mean, I saw some cool shit. But at the same time, I was like, all right, well, you know, zoo's a zoo whatever <laughs> um so I, I was like i'm just gonna write some rhymes just messing around nothing nothing too serious and i ended up writing three verses in a hook while we were literally walking through this aquarium and then on my birthday in 2017 i went to go see my man eric jordan and um he was uh, he, i was like oh i wrote something he's like, oh you wrote something i was like yeah and um, he, uh, I was kind of going through it a little bit, and he literally sat there from scratch and created the beat that is the ballad of Dusty Rhodes. I think the beat's fire, but he didn't. It didn't take very long. Now, granted, I already knew song structure, so there was that. But it's entirely possible that DJ already knew how to do a rap. And so since DJ already knew how to do a rap, it's 100% possible that all they did was throw a beat underneath it. And it's not that much to it. It's all from the keyboard. And obviously, uh, Shelby knows his way around the keys, which is highly important, obviously. They weren't recording anything. They were just jamming out, vibing, essentially. And it's it's an incredible moment for the film because this is the first time that we see the potential that DJ has as an aspiring rapper. Like everything leading up to this is like oh like DJ's a down on his luck pimp essentially. He ain't never gonna amount to anything other than this in a small time drug dealer. But this shows that there could be a future outside of this life for DJ. And it could be a future for everybody in this room, essentially, because everybody in this room came up other than Suge, I guess. I mean, at the end of Hustle and Flow, Suge and DJ were kind of together. Spoilers. She had her baby by who knows whose whose baby she was pregnant with. I mean, yeah, DJ was in jail, but the fight was skinny. um, He had a fight with Skinny Black in the movie because he didn't really know him. And ended up doing some prison time over it 
but the whole the whole idea was that DJ was getting his cult following and starting to build a fan base off of what he was able to put on that demo tape because the demo tape was we know for sure whooped that trick and um, it's hard out here for a pimp and then there um, I believe there was other song oh keep keep hustling keep rolling so we know there's like three at least three of the songs that was on the demo tape it might only been three damn songs but if you got those three heaters on your demo tape even for that time and place and I'd, I'd say it was pretty uh, I think I think the the year was was current. It's not like they said nineteen ninety five or anything like that. This is uh, I think it was very two thousands, early two thousands ish Memphis. So there's a hell of a chance that someone hears those three burners and and wants to sign DJ to a deal. Key is suddenly not just a ch- uh, sound guy at church. Um, he is now uh, the engineer of one of the hottest up-and-coming acts in Memphis. Shelby is a vendor, vending machine guy, and now he has become one of the... Hell, he's, he probably started getting people looking for his production, to be completely honest, and he probably was like, no, nah, I'm only working with DJ right now because they knew they had something special. It was entirely possible that this would come together in real life like this. If DJ didn't know how to do bars and he had, like, Four, 40 pages of, of lyrics and don't quote me there may have been a line that Key said to DJ at some point about how um, you have all these like all these verses and stuff you need to kind of round it out and everything but here's the thing with, with hip hop and one of the reasons why it's it's such an underappreciated art form the song structure of rap is easy you do 8 bars for a hook you do 16 bars for the verses. You might cut down that third verse to eight. And then you out. You know, it's either hook, verse, hook, verse, hook, verse, hook, out. Or you do verse, hook, verse, hook, verse, hook, out. And, and then that's it. So it's not a whole lot to teach. And then if you got somebody there who knows his way around the keyboard, who has messed around enough with it to, and loves, loves rap, especially probably, I, I guarantee that, I feel like Shelby was a big um, Southern rap guy in, in that time. So he, he heard what was on the radio and he heard what was going on and he probably did mess around a lot with the actual keys. You don't just go to a random white kid church organist and be like, hey, you want to come uh, make some rap beats? No, he knew his shit and that's why Key brought him in. And that's why he said light skin is not bad, huh? <laughs> so it's entirely possible. One more time. If you haven't seen Hustle and Flow, I suggest you go see Hustle and Flow. It is an incredible movie. It still holds up. We never got a sequel. Of course, Empire happened and Taraji is on there as Cookie and Terrence Howard is on there as uh, Lucius Lyons. So that's like our alternate universe take of Hustle and Flow. But it, it, I watched it a few months ago, even before this post. Uh, I was just like, I want to watch Hustle and Flow. So I broke it out and, and checked it out again for the first time in a while. And it's it still holds up, man. It's a, it's a great little film. And it, it's everything that it was billed to be when it um, came out. Because it was making a lot of noise when it was coming out. Because it's like, oh, it's about this hip-hop story. It's about this uh, guy trying to make it and everything. And then you throw in all the nuances of him being a pimp and trying to do better in life and 
you know, want more, it, it, it's, a, it's a nice little tale. Let's take a break. Hey, yo, what up? Miles of Medez Prowl here, host of the I Black Man podcast, member of the Hyphen Podcast Network, and now host of a podcast called Fresh. Now, a simple man. I like subs to dubs, manga to anime. Now, the way I feel is, doesn't matter what the press says, doesn't matter what the politician, hell, even the feminists say. Doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something is whack is dope. This podcast was founded on one principle above all, the requirement that we stand up for what we believe in, no matter the consequences or the odds. When the internet, when the press and the whole world tells you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree between the rivers of continuity and canon, look them square in the face and you tell them, no, you move. Podcast called Fresh, coming to you guys, Hype Podcast Network, check it out, coming soon. All right, y'all, let's do some recommendations. So, as you know, I'm a parent and I watch a ton of animated features and this is full of two of those. I'm going to give you give you guys three recommendations today on top of Hustle and Flow. So, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I had heard about this movie for a while. It's actually directed by um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, I believe. I will check those facts. But they actually did the Lego movie, um, which I love. I have not seen the second um lego movie but I, I will get around to it but yeah they, they um let's see they, they've done 21 jump street they did the lego movie uh 22 jump street lego ninjago cloudy with a chance of meatballs did they do the sequel to cloudy with a chance of meatballs that i don't know yeah i'm not sure let's see the cloudy chance of meatballs lego movie 21 jump street 22 jump street and they produced Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because it all comes back to Spider-Man. Shout out to Michael Bailey. Um, and they also did a little bit of Last Man on Earth and I used to love that show. Um, I think it's still on Hulu so I highly recommend you check out Last Man on Earth. But Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is about this scientist who's always sucked at being a scientist and all his inventions suck and the main attraction of his small town is uh, I think sardines or something like that. And one day he makes this this uh, device, this invention, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a whirl, man, because it, it's a hell of a name. Here we go, the Flesma Debitur, the Flintlock Wood Diatonic Super Mutating Dynamic Dynamic Food Replicator, the Flesma And what it does is essentially it can make any kind of food. And so after a huge accident, when it first uh, kind of you know fires up. Like the mayor of the town's like, oh, you can make any kind of food and it can be giant and we're going to be this huge tourist attraction. And and then the plot kind of evolves from there. It's got a great cast in it. Um, Bill Hader plays Flint Lockwood, the lead scientist. Anna Ferris is his love interest, Sam Sparks. Neil Patrick Harris is Steve Flint's pet monkey who can communicate through a speaking spell, thought translating device, and he has some funny moments. Um... Bruce Campbell is uh, Shelbourne, uh, uh, which I did not know. That's the mayor of Swallow Falls. Um, Andy Samberg of Brooklyn Nine-Nine fame and Lonely Island fame and SNL fame is actually uh, a character in there. Mr. T is in there as well. There, there's just a lot of um, 
there, there's good there's good voice acting which is always a plus and this is a fun ride man um you may have looked at it looked down and been like eh, yeah, i don't watch Connie with a chance meatballs i'm a grown-ass man i'm a grown-ass woman you know but i mean if you got some time to kill and you just want to throw something on and just kind of zone out cloudy with a chance meatballs is a is a good choice so i recommend that for those of you who's been hanging on the edge of your seats waiting for me to see the next film in the hotel transylvania trilogy i've seen it and i loved it hotel transylvania 3 is awesome of course it is uh your boy adam sandler and his cast of famous friends all recreating their characters from the original hotel transylvania 1 and 2 i like this one better than transylvania 2 personally i thought that one was a little not as fun as the first one because it's mostly centered on um the the child that his daughter and uh son-in-law end up having um who ended up getting together in the first movie um but i i think it's really good and it actually tells drac's new love story um he actually zings with another woman and if you want to find out what zing is go turn on hotel transylvania 3 i think it's i think it's a lot of fun and it's it's nice to have these kind of alternatives to some of the dumb shit Adam Sandler will be putting out sometimes. So I highly recommend Hotel Transylvania 3. And for my comic book people, on YouTube there is a documentary called The History of Image Comics. So much damage. Um, I forget the channel that produced it. It doesn't matter. What it is, it's a, a uh, I'd say it's Maybe about a 40-minute documentary. It's broken down into five or six parts about the rise and fall and rise again of Image uh, Comics. For those of you who don't know, Image Comics was founded by several of the hottest writers and artists, well, mostly artists, in comic books at the time in, like, 1992, like Todd McFarlane and your boy... Um, oh, I can see him in that damn Levi's ad, and it's not coming to me. Uh, who used to draw Jim Lee? He was he was involved with that. Uh, Eric Larson was another um, founder of it. Mark Silvestri, or is that the producer? Alan Silvestri. He was someone else that was a uh, a big part of starting it. Here we go. Eric Larson, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld. That's who I was trying to think of. We'll say Potasio, Mark Silvestri, and Jim Valentino were the originators of Image Comics. They all broke away from Marvel and DC started image comics and i don't know what triggered me to go back and to look for something like this about like their history and how it all came together but it's, it's pretty informative without it being a, a long overproduced thing they they kind of nail everything on the head and they take you from day one of them deciding to do the same thing all the way up until today where the walking dead is a massive hit and they're giving um the image has essentially become a safe haven for any ideas that Marvel and DC would never do. They give a lot of women creators chances. There's a lot of cool shit the image is doing now. So I recommend that documentary. Once again, that is called The History of Image Comics. So much damage. Now, you've been listening to Hyphenation, the world's greatest podcast. Barack Obama approved. Brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, hyphenpodcastgroup.com. My website is hyphenuniverse.com. You can find my writing on there as well as any new episode of this show and any other podcast that might pop up on. It's all there. Uh, you can find Hyphenation wherever podcasts are slow, slow, wherever podcasts are sold, which would be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, 
All the episodes are on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash B hyphen. Um, it's available and ready for you to take in there. Um, one day I may move to full video episodes, but considering how much I move around when I do these now, who knows if I'm able to sit still and do it anymore. You might just see me up there doing a little two-step. Like, yeah, welcome to Hyphen Nation, and this is the show, and, and I, might, I might get my sing on. Who knows? Um, but wherever podcasts are sold, you can find it. And like I said, it's on Radio Public, and it's all over the place, man. It, it's hard to miss. <laughs> and I'm glad I'm glad that it is that way. Um, if you go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com, go to the shows link under the menu, go to Hyphen Nation, you'll see an RSS feed. Take that RSS feed, you can uh, put it into your favorite podcast listening device, turn that some bitch sideways, and you can get all 89 episodes of fire just like that just like that oh what else what else apologies to markel faults you're trash lebron james in the playoffs which is wild who saw that coming oh words of wisdom for today No, the word of wisdom today is have genuine interactions with people. I know I say that in every podcast when it's just me by myself. But again, have genuine interactions with people because it can it can go a long way. I just had an excellent conversation with a good friend of mine from Brooklyn, uh, Derek Ferguson. He's going to be on episode 90, which is going to come out right after this one. And I got to tell him a whole bunch of things I've been wanting to tell him for years. And we just had a good sit down, man. And it just felt good getting to have that discussion because we are already friends. But, you know, it's just good to reconnect and tell somebody uh, uh, how much they mean to you and, and what they've done for you. And they, he had no idea. So I, I, I probably made him blush a lot more than he uh, was uh, planning on. But eh, I don't regret anything. Have genuine, have genuine interactions with people, please. Power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life, no matter what it may be. No matter what you have to do, you got to do you. <laughs> B-hyphen at gmail.com. That's B-H-Y-P-H-E-N at gmail.com. Hyphen podcast group at gmail.com. B-hyphen on Twitter. Hyphen pie group on Twitter. Hyphen universe on Facebook. And hyphen podcast group on Facebook. And don't forget the B hyphen on Instagram and hyphen podcast group on Instagram. We all over the place. For real, for real. Uh, call your loved ones, man. Eric said it on, um, what was I listening to the other day that Eric said that on? Was it Alapal? Um, oh, it was, the, it was the beginning of uh, the episode on the St. Aaron's Day episode. He was talking about call your loved ones, man. Call your mom, hug your dad, shake your brother's hand, slap your sister. I always say slap your sister. I don't mean slap your sister. You know, I, I mean that in jest. Uh, you know, send a friend an email. Call somebody up on Skype. You know, just, just let somebody know what they mean to you because you never know when it's your time to go. R.I.P. Nipsey, man. I mean, when Gary Vaynerchuk makes a three-minute video about about you and everything, like, and Gary Vaynerchuk is somebody I've been a big fan of for years, Gary V. Uh, when Gary Vaynerchuk sits there and does, like, an R.I.P. video for you on his YouTube channel, 
and and you get to see their meetings they've had over the years and you could just see the genuine respect between the two of them i mean obviously nipsey was out here doing something right man besides the things that i i called him on so it is what it is man <sighs> i guess i need to go to work like share and subscribe well that's fake that's more youtube but you could do that on there too uh you subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, you never miss an episode. Tell your friend to tell a friend that it's them again. Nature, Noriega, Wild Gremlins, what? And yes, I always mix up that uh, band from TV, Nature Verse, and then throw in the Biggie What from It's All About the Benjamins at the end. I always think it sounds cool. Without further ado, though, Appreciate each and every one of y'all for listening. Catch y'all in the next one. Thanks, y'all. For listening, don't forget to subscribe and comment. This has been a hyphen podcast network production. They're the bestest. I'm getting paid at exposure.